Thanks for joining us for this podcast. I invite you to visit our website, churchatwellington.com, where you can find more information. If you're in the Little Rock area, our church is located just off Chanel Parkway on Wellington Village Road. We would love to meet you and have you come to worship with us. Enjoy this message. Love this scripture. Proverbs 2, 6. The Lord gives wisdom. He pauses there, okay? Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Okay? The Lord gives wisdom. Stop. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What a growth pattern. (laughs) What nourishment to build a life on. Praise God. The Lord laid this message on my heart a few weeks ago, and uh, I thank God for it. That the benefit of believing. I mean, you know, the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Bless his holy name. You know, benefits, it's not something you have to beg for. The best thing my wife ever did was got out of church work and went into the secular work. (laughs) Because in the church, you don't get earthly benefits. You get heavenly benefits, I guess. (laughs) But uh, when she went to work for Blue Cross, she got benefits that she's able to enjoy now. She's not working there anymore. But she can, it helps along the way a little bit, you know. Uh, she didn't get rich by any means. If she had, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> we'd be, yeah, I would. <laughs> but we'd be vacationing more. <laughs> Probably not taking more cruise. That requires too much walking. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh, boy. But, you know, I'm thankful for what God provides for us. Thank you, Brother Rusty, for sharing that uh, inspirational there that really is true, fits right into what we're talking about this morning. You know, this is a very small verse, and the content of this verse is very simple. Nothing complex about it. It's not, it's not the doctorate degree in, uh, you know, the theology of wisdom and knowledge and understanding It's just simply a verse that's simple. And the best I can remember in all of my reading, Jesus preached simple messages. He gave simple, understandable teachings. I don't know that he would have qualified in the field of some of the great patriarchs of our church of past of our history of the great fellowship of the outpouring years of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. We have some that, you know, shook the rafters with their messages and we love to read them, but I don't find anywhere where Jesus ever preached one of those. He just simply did it. 
He led by example, not so much proclamation. And I'm glad he did. Because if he had have been so high up here in his understand, being able to understand him, then we would have been left behind. There's a lot of things I don't understand till this day about the simple things that he has left us with in his ministry, in his word on this earth and in the word of God. And I'm still learning. And every time something new happens, and uh, I say, well, duh, you know. <laughs> I mean, why well, hadn't I seen that before? Because it just pops out at you. But we have to understand that his word is not given by some great teaching and training, but his word is God's word to us. And he wants us to understand his word. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. And that's why we have a greater understanding of verses in one time than we did the other because all of a sudden we're in a place in our life that that word has a new meaning to us and the Holy Spirit is revealing that this has been here all the time and now it's yours. Amen. Now it's for you. Praise God. It never gets old. <laughs> it never gets stale and stagnant. It's always alive, powerful for our well-being so that we can hear his communication from the throne. For a verse is so simple, there are volumes of references to this subject. I mean, you just go all through the Bible and, and it refers to these words all over and over and over and over by I don't know how many times they're referred to, but the Bible is full of them. So sometimes in the lacks of comp complexity, it weighs heavy on our senses as we experience the challenge to accomplish the Lord's intended purpose in these three words. <laughs> Amen. Wisdom. Wisdom. Hallelujah. God, give us wisdom this morning. Let your spirit speak to our hearts and let the spirit make application of your message through your word. Use us, God, as your instrument to communicate in Jesus' name. Amen. Ecclesiastes 2.26, to those who are pleasing in his sight, he gives wisdom. Now, before there was no mention of that in Proverbs, but here the verses throughout the Bible have these references of this kind, may not the same one, but of this kind, which puts some responsibility on us about wisdom. We all realize our need for wisdom, and we all should realize that we should have a deep desire for wisdom. It was Solomon, who the king, who, who made such a wise choice in choosing which, which woman the child belonged to. You know, just awesome in his wisdom. You know, 
He made the decision. He gave the example, and the rest was cared for. The one who really loved the child said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 let, let her have it. Because why? She didn't want it to be killed. But the other one who was trying to claim it selfishly, she was wanting to claim the child and for it to be divided, whatever it took. I want what I can get, and I don't want her to have it. You know, that's, uh, that's the lack of wisdom. Wisdom always comes out on the right side, never on the wrong side. So when we think about wisdom, we all realize that we probably don't have enough of it. We want to believe that we have some, and we'd like to be able to give words of wisdom to someone when they need it. But sometimes we just fail short. You know, somebody comes to us with a need and, and with a, somebody to talk to and somebody to help them. And, and, and you do all you can, but, but some, we're just lacking sometimes in the ability to communicate and to con connect with that person's issue in the place that they're at in their lives. We don't understand it. We try to. We think we do, but we may not. So the best we can do is many times just say, well, I'll just help you pray about it, you know, <laughs> And that's better than nothing. But if we had the word that God would give us, we could speak that and be able to let God's word be applied to this situation in this person's life. So he is working with those who are pleasing in his sight. What does it take to be pleasing in his sight? To be obedient to him, to follow him, to be in step with him. God is not pleased when we're walking another course and he's saying, no, this is the path. He may let you walk that course, but that's not the blessed course. That's not the wisdom course. If you want his blessing, you've got to stop and say, Lord, I will follow you. That's what he gave everybody the word to, follow me. Follow me. Take up your bed and follow me. Amen. Follow me. What a joy to know that we can. <laughs> it's possible. We really can. <laughs> Exodus 31, 3. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom. Hmm. So if you're going to have wisdom, you must be in connection with God by the power of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us into that greater place with God. I think we all agree with that. We say we need the Holy Ghost so you can have a greater place in God, so you can do more, so you can be able to be used more because the Spirit enables you, gives you more power, gives you more ability, gives you more understanding, gives you more of all the things you need to be a better servant of the Lord. Makes sense. The Holy Spirit. This is what turned the, this nation around and the world around. This morning I was watching an old program. I happened to uh, look up. I had Jimmy Swaggart on, and he was showing one of the old films back in the 80s, and he was in you know, Cape Town, South Africa, and having a great service there, and people were filled, just filled the place up. And in, in that process, you could see those people singing and praising God. 
you know, the same songs that we sang here, you know, Amazing Grace, they, they were right in tune. They, they, had, they were just singing them out loud and had their hands raised up. And, you know, while we were enjoying good things here in America, the same thing was happening over there. Why? Because God had wisdom enough to send people over there when he poured it out here. He also poured it out over there to see those people blessed with the outpouring of the Spirit, and the church was alive there as it was here. He didn't just pick America out and say, I'm just going to bless you and nobody else. No. He raised us up here in America so we could send missionaries to the third world countries all around the world and to uh, civilized countries to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world around us. And many, many thousands and millions were saved as a result of all of that throughout all of these years. Today, the Assemblies of God is bigger in foreign country than we are in America. In America, we account for about, I don't know exactly anymore, used to be around two, three million. I don't know, I don't know the st statistics now. I always get my tongue wrapped up around that tooth when I try to say that word. But anyway, um, but in, a, in the foreign lands, we have tens of millions of people who worship in the assemblies of God works that the missionaries have gone and started. And they come in by the floods of people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a victory it is. I think it's in, in uh, uh, Brazil. I don't know how it's run over the recent years, but the last report I heard, there were over 6 million assemblies of God worshipers in Brazil. Churches all over the country. Why? Because here in America, we got a vision that God gave us. He gave us the Holy Ghost to go do the work. Amen. And people volunteered and went there to do the work. When we give to missions today, that's what we're still doing. This is not even Mission Sunday. Brother Brock, you should say amen. All right. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are being an extension of what God is doing all over the world. It's a big thing. It's a great thing. It's a mighty thing. And we as God's people need to understand that God gives us wisdom to get his purpose finished. Come on. <laughs> Help me a little bit. <laughs> it's not about you and me. It's about him. We try to make it all about us, about how wonderful we are, how great things are around us. It's not about us. It's about him. He's the one that's behind it all. He's the one that's doing it. We're not. We're receiving it. Amen. What little we do doesn't deserve any credit because we don't have the power to do it. He does. The only way we can see results and victory is for him to work through us to be an agency for him to get his work done, not ours. Amen. Since Sister Nina was here a couple of Sundays ago, I think you probably saw me. We was praying for her right down here. She's standing right here and was praying for her, and I... I was praying for her, and all of a sudden, she went weak. All of a sudden, I went weak. You probably saw me back up and lean up against this table right here, this communion table. I broke out in a sweat. That's Arkansas vernacular for perspiration. 
but I was weak. And I realized that it was going to be a little while before I was able to regain my strength. I kept feeling it, and I walked around and kind of helped myself around to the end of this table. And I walked over here. I sat down. Because I was weak. That never happened to me before. You know, all kinds of thoughts goes through your mind when you're 76 years old. You know, you begin to wonder what's going on. You know, what's going on? And I eventually regained my strength and was fine. But as I went through the week, I pondered it. And the Lord just kind of, I don't know if it's God or what, but the thought came up in my mind, and I believe it was the Lord. He said, you're asking for a need to be met. When I was praying for her, I felt like God was doing that in me. So I began to claim, and I said, well, Lord, what am I supposed to do, you know? Um, I've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, had it for, what, 20 years, I guess, something like that. I don't know. So I've taken medications. I'm doing fine. I have all my toes and all my fingers. And, you know, my feet are still flesh-colored. They're not black yet. So, you know, I'm still thanking God for just being able to be as healthy as I am, praising God for it. And I said, Lord, what am I to do? And I never really got an answer. So I made the decision, well, I'll go ahead and take the meds that I have, and when it's time, I'll know that God wants me not to take those meds. I don't, you know, again, wisdom has to be worked here, you know. Um, I didn't want to go into some kind of shock and uh, nobody know what's going on because I'm doing something on my own, so... Uh, had a, my regular doctor's appointment uh, to check this stuff, and I'm taking these meds, and, and uh, he took my sugar, and it was 160. You know, I, and it always runs that, so that doesn't really, you know, 150, 160, it, you know, it's just kind of where it is unless I really dose up, and, and I don't want to do that. You know, I'm still praying. But when that happened, I believe God has healed my body. Amen. I really believe it. I believe when we were praying for her to be healed, she said the tumors in her brain were gone. I haven't talked to her this week. I've been busy with funeral and everything else, but maybe you have. I haven't heard from how she's doing, but she's believing God. And after all that, man, her voice totally changed and her attitude was changed. She was a different person talking to her and talking to her on the phone. She really was. So I believe God's touched her body. At the same time, I believe God moved in my body, and I'm claiming his healing. Amen? So this morning when I checked the sugar, and it was uh, 86, I said, mm, I'm not, uh, you know, I've never been there before, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm taking it. Thank you, Jesus. I begin to praise God, Brother, Brother Rusty, begin to thank God. And I said, and I said, honey, I think I probably need a, a little orange juice to pick this up because I feel so weak. And that helped a little, but I made it fine. I feel good this morning. 
And I believe in God that God's done a work. I really am. I'm believing him and expecting it because he told me he would. Amen. He said he would heal me from all of my diseases. <laughs> Amen. All of my diseases. Not just some of them, all of them. I've learned in my lifetime to walk along the way with God by faith. And I witnessed him doing a healing work. When I was sick, he would heal me. This is the only thing that I've ever encountered for this period of time that it didn't happen like the others have happened. I've been sick with the flu. I've had the back issue. Uh, God healed my back back in 1970, somewhere along there. Same thing happened like I reached over into the trunk of a car to pick up something, and my back went out, and, man, I was down. I mean, I was down. Sunday morning, I came to church, and and I was leaning on a cane because I was hurting so bad, but I was, be, I was going to be at church. And my song leader, my Sunday school superintendent, he, was, he said, I want us to stop right now and I want to pray for our pastor. And I went down and sat on the altar and people came and prayed for me. And God healed me that day. And from that day till this, my back has never been in that condition again. Amen. Amen. I've had strained backs since then, but nothing to get me down. God's been a good God. I want you to know that when we understand him, he will work with us. When we understand him, we can live in him and we can walk in him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The knowledge of God gives us that understanding. Here I like this word, if you would, in, in this, uh, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect. And uh, I didn't put my, yeah, I did. Psalms 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Now, what's it perfect for? First is converting the soul. Number one, that's his first commandment to all of us, is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, amen, and teach them and baptize them, amen, in his name, amen. So his main purpose for making us wise and giving us knowledge is so we can go and do his work. He don't need a bunch of dumb people trying to proclaim him. He can use them. He used a donkey one time. He can use them, but he'd prefer you to have a little bit more on the ball when you go out to witness for him. So we need to be listening, learning his wisdom, and gaining knowledge of him so that he can work through us to be a testimony. That testimony is what? It is knowledge. It's not what I think God can do. It's what I know God can do because I know God does it because it's happened to me. That's, that's how it works. And we need to employ that every day. I saw Miriam and Eddie on TV. Man, they make good TV shows. I said, here comes our next Jody. What's, what's her name? You know, I'm only there in a different field now. <laughs> so, uh, what a joy. Getting a cold bath. I never did like a cold bath. 
picking at him a little here. Mm. But they said they'd warm you up real quick. You know, <laughs> so I have to go visit him sometime and see if it'll help me. <laughs> Whatever. But he said, the testimony of the Lord is sure. It's not a guessing game. It's not a I hope so or a I think so. It is. The testimony of the Lord is, praise God, making wise the simple. Wow. Taking the simple things and making wisdom out of them. Praise God. Whew. What a God we serve who develops us in this way. He wants us to realize that he makes the simple wise. So no one has an excuse. <laughs> oh, ye simple. Then he goes into the understanding part. Oh, ye simple. Proverbs 8, 5 through 9, I'll not read it all. Oh, ye simple, understand wisdom. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. <laughs> In other words, you've got to have more than what goes on between your ears and this gray matter up here. Your wisdom has got to come from within you. It's not something you've got to be. It's something that you are. Amen. Now, Melanie could stand up here and, and sing, but if she don't have it in her, got me? Then she's just taking time. She has it in her. She loves God. Yeah. So when she is, we need to be in it with her. Real loud. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm trying to help here a little bit. All right. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We are in that place to where we understand wisdom and we're going to do the things that God wants us to do and let him give us wisdom. 1 Kings 4, verse 29, he said not only wisdom and understanding, which is two of the words that we have in our text this morning, but he also said, I will give you largeness of heart. In other words, I'm going to give you Room in your heart to love and to care and to feel for everybody. <laughs> I love my little neighborhood. It's kind of down at the end of the road. I had an experience <laughs> when first part of the week or last part of the last week one. I don't remember when, but all of a sudden the lights in our home blinked real big. And, you know, what in the world? And Wanda heard a commotion. I was back in the back of the house, and she came back and said, "There's a car hit this pole out here." <laughs> And uh, I said, where? I said, out here in the front, you know, between us and Kelly, you know. 
I said, I went up there and looked, and they had already got, it ran up on a big rock because it got a big rock right in front of the guy wire that goes up to the pole. And they went over that guy wire enough to shake that wire and shake that pole, <laughs> and it didn't tear anything down, but uh, tore his front bumper off of his car. <laughs> you know, he's trying to get it back on. And uh, I let him. I didn't try to help him. <laughs> I didn't want to get involved. <laughs> but uh, Kelly was talking to him across the street, and she told Wanda, said, he said that it was a man, young man, his wife, and two children. And they were driving down my street. It's a dead-end street. And uh, they were looking for a treasure, <laughs> playing a game, paying no attention to where they were going. <laughs> it just rock, you know. I don't know what kind of game it is, but I don't think he found the treasure. <laughs> I, really, I really don't think he did. But anyway, you know, that's a very senseless and, and an unwise thing to do is drive a car and not pay attention to where you're going. I felt sorry for the family of, and for this lady. I can't feel sorry for her because she's dead. Brother Brock knows the story, I'm sure, in North Little Rock came off there and went on I-40 uh, in the wrong direction on the wrong side of the freeway, probably was drunk. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm imagining so, and I know she had been drinking and hit an ambulance of all things and it killed her. It was, that, was, that could have been avoided. It didn't have to happen. Why do those things happen? Because of the lack of wisdom. I mean, if you're going to drive a car, you don't drink. <laughs> Some people can maybe get by with more than others, but it shouldn't be in behind the steering wheel. <laughs> Sometimes when we're at the restaurant, we'll be eating and drinking tea and refills on tea and refills on tea, and finally the waitress will come around and say, you know, could I get a refill? And and I say, and, and, uh, you know, and they'll pour you more tea. And I say, but I'm being careful because I'm the designated driver. <laughs> she always smile. <laughs> Wisdom and understanding. Exceeding much needs to be big. Don't need to be just a little portion. Need to gather all you can. And at every bit of it you, that you can get, Fill you up and make you as wise as you can possibly be. And it should be continuing to increase every day of your life through your experiences, through your studies, through your prayers. You know, it's Pastor Jackson and my responsibility to point the way here. It's our responsibility to say this is what God wants from his word. It's not for you to sit in the pew and make up your mind which is what you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept, what you're going to receive and not receive. When we preach the word, it's wise for you to receive it. It's a benefit to you. Amen. Or else we don't need to have this for you. You're going to make up your own mind? It's gone. But it's the wrong way. It's like getting on the interstate in the wrong direction. He said he would give you enough 
largeness in your heart of wisdom and understanding that it would be like the sand on the beach. I know some of his antennas just went up right quick and said, man, I can't wait. I'm going to get that moment. <laughs> Go to the beach. <laughs> I feel sorry for Carolyn. She's having to spend January and February down on the beach. <laughs> Bless her heart. God wants us to follow him. He wants us to walk with him. You know, in his word, he tells us very clearly in teaching to Timothy as Paul speaks to him. You know, he talks about being a vessel of honor and, and uh, being of service to the Lord. And his message that he gives in conjunction with it is to keep sin out. Keep sin out. Don't dirty up the vessel with sin. Go to a restaurant. One of the first things I do when I get a fork or a knife or a spoon is I kind of run my hand through it, <laughs> feel of it. Why? Because I don't want to use a dirty vessel or instrument. I don't know how God picks it out, but there's one thing I do know. He does not like for us to be dirty at his table. He wants us to be a fit vessel, a clean vessel, a vessel of honor to serve him. This is the king's table we're talking about. This is not just some street urchin that would be glad to have just any drop that you could drop. He'd pick it up off the ground if you dropped it. This is the king. He deserves the best. He's not just a king. He's the king. He's our king. He deserves the best. So when we are talking about wisdom and honor and knowledge and all these things that God wants us to have, understanding, then we need to be sure that we're using it for the purpose that God wants us to use it so that we can see people's hearts and souls, minds, spirits, lives cleansed by his blood so that they can be useful for his kingdom. Amen. Now, I believe the people who are going to heaven are the people who are following Jesus. So if you want to know whether somebody's going to heaven or not, just look which way they're going. <laughs> if they're going where you know Jesus wouldn't go, <laughs> then they're not following Jesus. If they're doing stuff that you know Jesus would not do, then they're not following Jesus. <laughs> I had to look with surprise this morning. I looked up here and saw Dave with all trimmed up and shining a little bit. I said, man, he messed up that Jesus feature he had. I had him right here with, that, you know, with his beard. And, you know, and Alan did the same thing when he cut his hair. You know, Jesus didn't get a haircut. You know, what he told me one time, he said, son, you know, uh, you know Jesus, you know, you got you to gotta do this. You know, you can't. Do this stuff with this long hair. Took him to my barber. He just hated every minute of it. Finally, come down to it. He said, "Yeah." I said, "I said, you know, Jesus." He said, "You know, Jesus had long hair." I said, "Yeah, but Jesus walked everywhere he went too." You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that really didn't happen, but <laughs> almost. <laughs> Amen. 
God wants us in the 28th chapter verses of Matthew, verses 17 through 20, he gives us that great commission. It's his commandment. And he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What he said about himself. Now, when we are wrapped up in him and we're connected with his wisdom and with his knowledge and with his understanding, we are in the position for God to accomplish what he's saying here through his people. Amen. He is saying, go you, therefore. Now, the reason that word therefore is is because I have the power. I am giving you that power to do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. I've got the power. Therefore, I'm empowering you to go and teach and baptize and win the lost for Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we take on Jesus, we're taking on more than just, well, thank God he saved me. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. And that should be a happy moment in your life, but that's just the starting place. The starting place is step up after step up after step up, getting to that place that you can be more effective for him. When he saved you, it wasn't all about you. It was more about him. He needs you. He birthed you. He brought you into this world with a purpose. He had a design for you. Every one of us. Praise God. And he'll use you if you'll just follow him and let him. Amen. God was calling me to preach when I was a kid, and I really didn't want to be because I was raised in a preacher's home, and I've seen people stand on the front porch of the parsonage and want to beat my daddy up when I was a kid playing out on the ground beside the porch. I didn't want any part of that. <laughs> when you hear a lot of preachers' kids who don't go to church, they've seen a lot. <laughs> you know why he wanted to beat my daddy up? Because my daddy didn't ask his daughter to play the piano that Sunday morning. <laughs> I was, you know, sixth, fifth, sixth grade, but I understood the whole situation. I didn't like it. And you know what? After that day, I didn't even like that man. <laughs> I remember the answer my daddy gave him. He said, Brother, said, Christians don't fight. We let God settle the differences. And God can work it out. Man stomped off of the porch and he was ranting and raving and mad, swinging his hands and his, wagging his head and went and got in his car and spun off. So it's important that if we're going to claim it, let's do it God's way. Amen? God's way. There's a lot of things that's happened along the road of life that I didn't understand. I mean, you know, if you've been around long enough, you, you learn that some people who call themselves Christians will hurt you. Not only will they hurt you, they intend to hurt you. And the difference is how you take it. Is it personal? 
Are they mad at you? Are they mad at the one who you represent? And I always put that second per or the first person ahead of me, and I say, I'll be the second. Lord, it's your, it's your problem. <laughs> Amen. And he's always worked it out. Sometimes it was a backdoor revival, but he worked it out, you know. He does. When we trust it to him, we can trust it. You trust it to me, I don't have that ability to say, yes, I can, yes, I will. I can say, as God does it, I am willing for God to use me. And I want God to use my life as we all do. We want God to use us. So to the heart of the whole situation, the heart of the matter, we need to realize that he has it planned. He's got it made up. He's got it done. He wants us to know that he is the one who imparts to us the wisdom. He imparts to us the understanding, the knowledge. He imparts to us everything we need for him to use us in his glory. Praise God. Praise God. Well, this morning as we close this message and consider this moment of time, let us realize just how necessary it is to keep sin out of our life. You say, well, you know, Christians don't sin. <laughs> Christians sin. Christians sin. But if they don't get rid of that sin, they're not Christians anymore. <laughs> you can't drink bitter and sweet water out of the same pipe. <laughs> and if I'm not walking in the light, living in the light, then I'm in the place that's not where God wants me and I can get back there and he'll forgive me. But I want you to understand God is not going to let any unforgiven sin into that place that he calls heaven. That's why I put John 1, 1 John 1, verse 9, where he said, if you sin, talking to the Christians, if you sin, remember, remember, If you'll confess your sin, he will be faithful, and he will be just, and he will forgive your sin, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We've got a work to do on our own. God's not going to just sweep us through the gate just because we think we're good or think we're okay. He wants us to keep up our end of the bargain. Amen? If somebody were following you, where is the last place you led them? What's the last conversation that you engaged with them? And what was the subject matter? You say, well, that don't matter. Oh, yes, it does, because you can decide in other people's lives, whether they're going to go the right way or not, by you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, we are to be an example. That's why he gives us wisdom. <laughs> That's why he gives us 
understanding, knowledge. That's why he gives us these things, is so that we cannot lead someone astray. Because we're responsible for the impact that we have on other people's lives. We're a witness. I had a Jehovah Witness lady one time. I was in Heber Springs and I was knocking on doors and talking to people. And she said, well, I, I attend the, the Jehovah Witnesses church, but, but I'm not a witness. <laughs> so, no, you're sure not. <laughs> but you are his witnesses. That's what he says in his word. You shall be witnesses. We are either witnesses for him or we're witnesses that are clouding him. Because when we meet a person and we get acquainted with them and God puts that assignment to us to do his work, it's how we do that work that can make the difference in that life and the things you talk about, the things you say, how you act, can turn that person away from God. So if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be one. Have you ever heard that before? You hear it in the workplace, people say, well, I knew a Christian, man, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be one. You've heard these things, why? Because somebody didn't use wisdom. They didn't gain knowledge and they didn't have understanding. You got to have it, folks. We've got to have it. We've got to use it for God. We've got to make a good impression. You know, you don't get a second time to make a good first impression. That's with your life, with our church, with anything. Once that person has their impression, it's what their impression is, and it's decided pretty quickly whether I accept it or I reject it, or that's good or that's bad. So let's do the work of God with God behind us with his word. Amen. Amen. You say, well, preacher, that's kind of hard about people and their Christians and all that kind of stuff. You know what? I don't know if I can influence anybody to go another way or not, if, if that's, you know, your mindset. But at least when we stand before judgment, and I'm right, you can't say you didn't tell me. Now, if we stand before the judgment and you're wrong, <laughs> you've lost everything. So it, it doesn't hurt to do it the right way, to go forward and to be a good example of Jesus Christ. Who is he? He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my King. Amen. He's everything to me, both here and for eternity. He's everything. I don't want to mess my life up. I want to be sure that I can follow through and be an example of Jesus Christ as he uses me for his glory. That's my desire. Praise God. Stand with me this morning. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support our church or ministries, visit our website, churchatwellington.com. Click on the Donate tab and select the method that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening.